Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And And you're you're about about to to get get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 15 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we are returning to One Punch Man with the arrival of the Deep Sea King. Oh yeah, so this is a really, really interesting one, actually. Um, You can actually only catch this with a Mega Rod inside of Omega Ruby, and you have to fish for a really long time, and then you'll catch a Deep Sea King. Um, It's 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 kind of like a weird evolutionary strain that you can only catch at night as well, so So it's real difficult to catch. There's no Mega Rod. You know, Mega Ruby is just the one fishing rod. It, this this isn't about whatever, Pokemon. Uh, whatever, whatever. Let's just let's just jump in. <laughs> hey, hey, everybody! Welcome back. Hey. I think I was more tickled this week by the the cold open than I've, I have been before. You you liked that. You're proud. Yeah. This is oh, I've got like there's a, a motorcycle proud. driving by outside and you guys might be able to hear it cuz I'm at home again like in the early episodes instead of at work cuz I worked from home today so there might be ambience yeah. over here. So sorry about it. Yeah, so sometimes there's ambient noise inside of our show because we are too poor to record inside of studio booths. <laughs> we are vagrants. <laughs> we are so. we're obviously um, Blake and I both record on uh, two different streets in two different states. Um, but we are definitely living on the street as hobos who love yeah. anime. Yeah. We're just bridge eleven, anime eleven hobo people okay calm it down i just sometimes Um, i get so so worried that what i'm saying is offensive that i just don't know what to do yeah i mean i guess if you're gonna be worrying about that you shouldn't worry about that constantly worried whatever so anyways um so let's (laughs) let's just go ahead and jump in before we get too off topic um so uh blake is gonna give us a, a quick wrap up if he if he doesn't cough into the microphone too much because he is still hey, sick. Hey, he has yeah. um, he has gay plague, which is only, <laughs> only transmitted. I have developed permanent between sickness. his people. <laughs> By the so, way, have uh, you watched? Have you watched? Uh, have you watched uh, Masters of None yet? I'm most of the way through season two. Have you seen the sickening episode where he's like, "I've got the sickening." Yeah, I think there there are a couple of episodes where he's doing that, isn't it? Oh my god! All Doesn't I can get think about whenever of, somebody well, guess, is like, "That's a spoiler." Wait a minute! <laughs> wait a minute! You shouldn't do that on this because some people might not have seen it, and we're definitely not a podcast that will give away the entire plot of something. Oh my god! Somebody posted on uh, Podomatic. Their comment was like, "This has a lot of spoilers," and I was like, "Yeah." That's <laughs> like. If you don't, if you don't want spoilers, you should not listen to the whole episode. Um, yeah, for real. And also, just we're fifteen covering... episodes deep. If you haven't figured that out yet, or if you're just joining us now, we tell you the whole story of the episode. Not like <laughs> we don't like stop before the end and then leave it. So this like it's so as, all the way to the end. As Scar says, be prepared for the chance of the lifetime. Hold on, wait. Did I did I say too much of that quote? <laughs> but yeah, uh, I 
I'm not trying to knock this person that commented on our podcast. I love that they commented. I just thought it was funny because that's like what we're doing. Like the whole point is to tell you what happened. Um, So uh, hopefully that person was inspired to go and watch Cowboy Bebop because the comment was on the first episode. And then they won't feel like we we do gush about Cowboy Bebop too much. We, we do. So I, mean, I got to say too, uh, we talk about animation quality shifts in like Naruto and stuff, but I think Cowboy Bebop and One Punch Man, we just really go on and on about how good it looks. Yeah. Well, let's, so let, on that note, let's my jump into thing, the previously on. My favorite thing is that you immediately derailed the conversation after being like, well, before we get derailed. So, <laughs> you know, you get what you I pay just, for, folks. I, I know. I knew that you were going to say that. As soon as I tried to get it back on topic, I knew that you were going to say that. I'm just trying to, you know, observe and report over here. Um, so, on One Punch Man... You're a monster. Uh, <laughs> speaking of monsters, uh, we're returning to the world of One Punch Man, where we follow Saitama, who is a uh, bald kind of nondescript person who happens to be the most powerful hero alive. Um, he's he's been doing for it, fun, you both. Yeah, he's been doing it for fun for a couple of years, and um, he is so strong that he kills anything with a single punch. This used to fill him with malaise, but he kind of has a new purpose now that he has joined the Hero Association, which is a large, either countrywide or maybe even global um, Heroes Association for um, various superheroes to kind of organize them into ranks. And Saitama really wants to go up in the ranks because where he is right now, he has to do like weekly stuff and he doesn't want to do that. So he wants to get up in the ranks. He also is kind of passingly interested in becoming super popular. He has a yeah. pupil named Janos who is near the top of the ranks. And, and he does not want him. Yeah, it's not a perfect relationship. They get along just fine, but uh, Saitama's pretty content with being left to his own devices, and Janos is a little... He comes on a little strong. Um, Janos also happens to be a cyborg, and they are our main characters. Um, We actually will not see a ton of them in this episode, uh, but we'll see a couple of other characters that we've seen before as well. I guess we see a lot of them in the first episode we're going to cover, but I just finished watching the other one, so my mind's on that. Um, we're going to go through episodes 7 and 8 today, and uh, we're also going to end on a cliffhanger. And for any of you people who've been listening before, you know that I have not seen these episodes before, so I'm also on a cliffhanger. Um, so if you're if you're there with me, um, I, I feel you. I'm right there. I'm right there with you. Okay. Anyways, so, so, um, as Blake put inside of his notes, which are ridiculous, he wrote, uh, there is a big ass asteroid set to crash into Z City. Yeah. <laughs> and all uh, I could my, think was I'm like, I'm having a lot more fun it? with my notes these days. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see y'all? There's a big ass asteroid coming to destroy <laughs> City Z. Look, we've been at this for 15 weeks. If my notes don't get a little bit of personality, what are we doing this for? 
Yeah, I know. It's just, oh man. So uh, there is, as Blake put down, uh, a big SS right coming towards City Z. Um, Genos, as a uh, a class S hero, is called in to deal with it, and he is. And met if you remember, by, class um, S is the best class, followed by A, B, C, and D. Uh, Saitama is class C. Yeah, and the next character that you're going to meet is. Uh, He's he's a little bit important as you move on, but he's called, his name is Bang, um, and I had forgotten that because he goes by Silverfang later on, which he he tells that he's like, yeah, Silverfang is my other name, it's my hero right, name, that's his, but my his name hero. is Bang, and I was like, that's such a stupid name. <laughs> yeah, there are lots of characters with weird names in this show, actually. Um, uh, Bang, not Perry, necessarily Perry the least of them. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Um, cannot wait. So Bang is like an older guy. He's, I think he's got a mustache. He looks kind of like um, one of those characters from Dragon Ball, and I don't remember the guy's name. He looks like Master heard. Roshi if Master Roshi took himself seriously. And is also he young Master later. Roshi? Is that what I'm thinking of? Maybe. I mean, you could also be thinking about like the um, like one of the guys from Red Rocket. Red Rocket, or like one of the cyborgs. Yeah. Oh, the the red ribbon. Or red ribbon. Sorry. Yeah. Red ribbon. He's red not... rocket is something different. Don't 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 Google red rocket. <laughs> don't safe search, y'all. Um. So Master Roshi has no hair. It's not who I'm thinking of. But there's some dude on Dragon. Whatever. Just look at go. Just go watch the episode. You'll see. Oh, what I'm talking oh okay. About. Hold on. Hold on. You're thinking about the young version of uh, Master Fang, the guy who attacks with like one hit. And he like fights against Goku for the first time before Goku goes up the uh, the the pole and meets Mister Popo for the first time. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure you're right. Um, but I'm, I am not f- super familiar with Dragon Ball, so I'm gonna yield to you on this one. So, so guys, we chat a lot about anime on here, and I don't always open up my anime coffers, but I have watched a lot of anime. Yeah, <laughs> um, I've watched a bunch. And, like, I mean, I've watched a lot, but like nothing compared to Spencer. Yeah, so I I I've said this a couple of times so far. So far, we haven't had a lot of people take me up on it. But like, I swear, man, please ask us questions because I would love to chat with people about this kind of stuff. And uh, that is that is the end of my diatribe for this. Yeah. This, this episode. Or if you just want to know why we spoil things, you can ask us a- about that. <laughs> yeah, for we'll real. Tell you what we were thinking. Yeah. So. So Bang is explaining. God, I'm just gonna call it Silver Fang. That's gonna annoy me. Bang, too much. Bang. Um, so Silver Fang is is um, talking about the meteor, and he's saying that there's nothing really they can do to stop it. Uh, yeah, and um, so this is, I mean, this is what he's the third highest ranked hero. So mm-hmm. that's a pretty big deal for him to be saying. Um, and about that time, an evacuation order goes out to the city, so they have like um, like air raid sirens, basically, that start blaring and telling people to get out. But it's like, I don't know, like 30 minutes or so from when it's going to hit that they, that they announce the evacuation order. So it's like definitely not enough time to get away. Like this asteroid is going to destroy the entirety of City Z, and probably the shock wave will do damage to the surrounding cities as well. So this is a big deal. It's not like a. It's yeah, not gonna. I, 
I listen to Star Talk where they talk about like the you know like the missile defenses of like the planet and like a, a a meteor or asteroid this big would cause like a plume that would cause like a like basically like a a nuclear winter. I was thinking that too. Yeah, I definitely think that the science on this episode is a little bit off because they're like, oh, no, it's going to destroy the city and like maybe the surrounding cities. And like, sure, City Z is a a massive like metropolitan area, but like this asteroid is huge. Like it would definitely, definitely kill the dinosaurs. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, um, uh, Genos, Genos decides that he wants to, uh, pull out his, uh, new gadget that was installed by his, his robot inventor da-na-na-na-na, guy. Inspector um, Genos. <laughs> Are you doing the inspector gadget for Genos? Yeah, because he uses robot okay. arms. <laughs> Great. Um, so. I'm adding so, value to this podcast right now. Genos is getting out uh, extra arms to put over his current arms so that he can have even more strength. Um, they, Genos c- oh, kind of I falls just realized the- what they look like. They look like Necrozma. We're going back to Pokemon. If you've played Pokemon, they look like Necrozma. Like Necrozma's arms are the same as Genos's arms. This is the same thing. Yeah. But, like, Genos is falling into that sort of trope, whereas, like, when in doubt, put on more things. Um, oh, yeah, for I guess sure. With, I I guess with Genos, it sort of makes a little bit more sense because it's just like as a cyborg, he is getting out more of his ammunition, and like it does. But it makes sense with how he fights, but also with the way that the show is set up. Like it's a parody of shonen anime, but it's a parody because Saitama doesn't fit into the shonen anime that's happening around him. Like Mm. not everything is like not everybody is in on the joke, right? Like Saitama is the joke because he doesn't fit in, but the other characters are pretty full on shonen anime. So like, if you're into like the more dramatic shonen anime that take themselves more seriously, you'll fit right in with one punch man because it is that just sort of in the background of this character who doesn't fit with that very well. Yeah. And so, um, Genos is met with Bufoy, um, who arrives, um, he is a class S seven or class S rank seven, yeah. Um, yeah, so he's seventh from the top. It's really, really quickly revealed that it's like Metal Knight, and Metal Knight is the real name of this like this hero. And then he well, quickly Bofoy also reveals. Well, is his real name, but Metal Knight is a superhero name. I don't know if I mean he he says like are his, you, his are you trying like, to tell me that his parents Bofoy? named him Metal Knight right now? I just. Look, I'm going to throw it out there. This is being recorded. Hold on. In in a world that names children Apple and Pilot Inspector, you think that somebody can't be named Metal Knight? You're talking about our world, not One Punch Man world right now. Okay, so you're saying that our world is more ridiculous than the world of One Punch Man? There is no way. commentary. Look, hold on here, hold on here. So, like, yes, there are ridiculous people inside of, like, the world that we're living in. Uh, hashtag Little Rocket Man. But, um, let me throw it as well that in this world, there is a guy who loves cars, so he becomes a car. Yeah, there's that happens the guy who in, ate like, so much lobster that one. he became a lobster. You are what you no, eat, Spencer. He, he became a crab. Crablante, <laughs> you're right. 
Yeah, his name was Crab Lante. We said it like four hundred times in that episode. R.I.P. Crab Lante. <laughs> when in when in doubt, Crab Lante. Oh my god, use that instead of don't worry Beyonce. Use that. Just like, are you feeling alright? I'm a little crab lante today. <laughs> okay, so like Metal Knight is there. Yeah. So Metal, Metal Knight, Knight is there. He's just a big Well He's just a Gundam. There inside of like quotation marks. Because yeah. Metal Knight is not actually there. This is just a robot that Metal Knight created to go there so that he could test his firepower. Yeah, Genos is like, if you fail at stopping this thing, you're going to die. And he's like, nope, because this is just the remote control suit. And he's like, see a shot of a dude over his shoulder sitting, presumably like hella far away. It's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, Genos, um, Genos tries to fire one of his like super powerful blasts. Um, it, it hits the, um, it hits the, the, um, the meteor, but it, it's not really strong enough there's a moment where like he thinks he's pushing it back and i think like silver fang is just like it's being pushed back and then it's just not enough and he starts to like fall apart with it yeah and uh, silver fang kind of sees that genos is uh, second guessing himself and he's like look man when your back's up against the wall all you gotta do is keep trying and that sort of gives genos the you know the drive to try the super fire blast but regardless of what he does, that's not effective. Silver Fang has no techniques that can take on this um, this meteor. And then there's um, Metal Knight, who already launched like a billion missiles at it, and they didn't do anything either. So like all of the heroes in the area have tried their best, basically, and nothing is stopping this thing. It's just too big, mm-hmm. and it's you know it's just coming. Yeah. Well, Saitama at this moment arrives. Saitama also uh, gives zero shits about this uh, this meteor, other than it's coming at his city, so he has to do something about it. Yeah, um, it's so really cool. He, like this is such so, a good heroic <laughs> moment. Yeah, he he jumps through. He like Superman punches his way through the meteor. Um, but one of the things that they do really well inside of the show is point out that you can't just solve everything by punching it. Um, yeah. which happens immediately because the, uh, the, the meteor, um, much like, uh, uh, any sort of rock, if you hit it with something really hard, if which you don't Spencer pulverize does all the time. it, <laughs> if you don't pulverize it into like, um, small enough pieces that'll burn up in like the atmosphere, it will just turn into smaller, still giant boulders that will ruin the city around you and crush the yeah. buildings. So it's this great. happens. It, it's it, so it doesn't funny. cause it doesn't cause like you know you know worldwide destruction because it's been broken apart but it still just completely decimates the city and yeah it, they talk they talk about it afterwards like um you know like he's he's gonna gain up um he's gonna gain a little bit of like prestige because he did something about this but at the same time he's gonna be seen as a villain because like you know he's even though you know, it was the asteroid's fault. They can't blame an inanimate object, so they have to blame somebody, right? Right. It's um, it's really great. That's kind of... I didn't even think about it. Like, the way that you said it and those specific words, like, really highlights one of the show's strengths, and I think one of the things that makes it so good is that it's not, like... 
it's not a show where the villain is defeated and they move on all the time. Sometimes it is. But sometimes, even if it's just a throwaway joke, like in, I think it's the first or second episode when they when he knocks the like super giant guy down and the dude just like lands and then it's like City B destroyed. And it's and just so like... Thomas like, oops. <laughs> yeah, even if it's just like a throwaway joke there, like they definitely acknowledge that like the world is still spinning around these characters that are fighting each other and you can't just go over knocking down giant guys or smashing up meteors without being without having consequences and that's great it's a really nice thing it's a really nice tactic for the show to take because you don't see that a lot yeah so um the other fallout thing that happens from this is that um everybody that was there other than Silverfang, gets kind of a pat on the back so yeah. you have uh you have genos who rises the ranks in level s um from 17 to 16 um you have metal knight which goes from seven to six and you have saitama who goes from like where does he go from, like, the 500? 342. Uh, okay. Like, all the way up to number, number five, five inside yeah. of the C-class rankings. So he's really close to breaking that barrier. And again, he mentions this in the next episode, but uh, they have also mentioned it um, previously that when you're a C-class hero or lower, you have to hit, like, a weekly quota and do something heroic every week. And Saitama basically just wants to like be left alone to do his own thing and so he really wants to hit b rank so that he doesn't have to meet this quota all the time yeah and he's 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 just really i don't know he's one of those people that reminds me like if he had a spirit animal it would be a grumpy old man on a porch yeah um, like yelling at kids to get off his lawn yeah you would not get your frisbee back from saitama yeah um, they also explain the threat levels at this time. Um, they go over it pretty in depth, um, and it's uh, it's broken down into um, I think it's four tiger, demon, dragon, god, and then they right. note that heroes often consider like the threat level when deciding whether or not to respond. So, like if you are a class C hero, somebody that's basically just a really like you know, a really in shape, normal guy that wants to fight crime. And you're like in the three hundreds, you're not going to go out there if it's like threat level, you know, like above tiger, probably like once it gets to demon or God, there's no way that you can do anything about it. Yeah. These are different levels and um, God level means that it's going to, you know, that this threat threatens the entire planet or the entire human race. Um, and it goes down. I think tiger means that they're expecting lots of human life. There's one that's like for mm. a city and one that's for like multiple cities. And so it's sort of, it's a measure of scale. Um, yeah. You, God is, God is planet. Demon is country. Um, city is, um, city is I demon. And dragon tiger is, is, yeah. Dragon. Wait, what? Whatever. It, dragons underneath God. It doesn't matter. God, dragon, <laughs> demon, tiger right so tiger is just like you lost you can lose like a bunch of people um and then demon is city and then country is dragon and then world is god right something like that and it's important to note that these are not assigned to every situation like in order for it to get even to tiger it has to be really dangerous um yeah but what's interesting it has to warrant bringing out like the big guns too yeah and what's interesting about so Genos, um, like Spencer said, Genos 
notes that the um, the heroes will often consider the threat level when choosing to respond. But he talks about that less from the perspective of like weaker heroes deciding not to respond to greater threats and more from stronger heroes deciding not to, to respond to lower threats. And Saitama is not cool with that. Like he's not like pissed off or anything, but he kind of scoffs at that attitude because he's yeah. a hero for fun. Like he does it because he enjoys being a hero and he likes being a hero. Like, so the fact that these people are not necessarily going to be heroes if it's if they kind of think it's beneath them rankles him a little bit. Yeah, and so Saitama sort of gets out of the apartment to uh, to to blow off steam and also go to the store. Um, he walks up on his favorite store, uh, the place that had the Saturday special, and it uh-huh. has been destroyed by a piece of the meteor. Yeah, but then he looks next door to it and he's like, "But that old." The place where I used to live before this and they kicked me out still standing. <laughs> so <laughs> funny. <laughs> so so he's there, and Saitama has a pretty distinct appearance, and then this guy, Tank Top Tiger, who we have seen before, um, uh, shows up, and he's hey, there Tank with his tiger. He's there with his brother or friend or whatever. It's his brother. It's gotta be I his brother. So. But he, I think he calls they say it black in that episode, I just didn't write it down. So he's tank top black hole. <laughs> Which They I got their names tops, from the colors of their tank tops. I am seriously. sure that they were like they were like, Where are we gonna become superheroes? What should our names be? And they were like, Well, I've got this tiger tank top, and the other one's just like, I've got this black tank top, and they're just like those will be our names. That's it. We we landed on that one just now. Let's go. <laughs> let's go to the gym where we can be assholes and drop the weights after we're lifting them. Tank top twins. <laughs> so I hate these guys. Um, they see Saitama and they recognize him as the guy who destroyed the meteor, which caused the destruction of the town, and they start basically trying to rile the town up against Saitama because they're, they don't like that he's rising in the ranks and they want to fuck with him. So they are basically like, Hey, all of this destruction is your fault and are yelling like super duper loud so that Saitama will be called out in front of everybody in the town. And then it totally works, and the townspeople start to like gather around and yell at him too. Yeah, and there's a there's a pretty good moment here too because they 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 have this moment where like they're wanting to make their attack on Saitama look more warranted, and also like they're going to rise up in the ranks if they take out this guy that looks kind of like a villain because he did this thing, and so they try to attack Saitama. Saitama destroys one of their hands. Like, yeah, it's the black hole guy because his power is that he has like a super strong grip, and I guess that's yeah. because black holes c- can crush things. Why didn't he just call himself the clamps? <laughs> Somebody's gonna get clamped. <laughs> oh my god! By the way, we have to talk about this really quick. Have you looked up that episode of uh, of of uh, the Nerdist? They did an episode of Futurama as a podcast. What? Yes! Go... Okay, so hold on, everybody. I, I I know if you're listening to us, you're part of, like, our fan base. We love you. Please listen to the show. But take a minute. If you are listening to these shows, 
please, please go look inside of Nerdist and look up Radiorama because they straight up have the entire original cast from Futurama and they like, they talk, they do a full episode and it's fantastic. That sounds awesome. It's really awesome. You should uh, totally watch it. I'm oh, going to give the clamps. A, give the clamps. Video or is it a. No, it it's like all audio? podcast. Yeah, and they do like a bunch of like fake like commercials on like old timey podcasting commercials and oh, like, or like awesome. old time radio commercials, and they're like they're like Borax the Avengers Borax Flakes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely gonna have to watch this with Pete when he gets back. That sounds like his kind of thing. It's amazing. Anyways, um, so uh, it, anyways, Saitama is taking on the blame of this. Um, he doesn't want to be yelled at, and Genos is gonna be taking him away. But like one of the things that like Saitama like he's sort of he's sort of slipping into this this role for himself and we'll see that come to fruition in a couple of episodes. We're not gonna talk about it today. Oh, but like we? Saitama is accepting um starting to accept this fate that he's just like everybody has to like somebody has to take the blame for things and it's not gonna hurt me to like take the blame for things. Yeah, you know, so I don't, I, again, I don't know where this is going, and I don't know exactly what you're talking about here, but, um, you know, we kind of mentioned it earlier, too, when he's talking about, you know, heroes deciding whether or not they're going to respond, and just Saitama's whole deal kind of comes down to, like, personal responsibility, where it's like, mm-hmm. it's almost that question of, like, you know, if you can see something happening and you can stop it, you should... But that's definitely a theme that runs through the show. I I hadn't really realized it until now, but it's that idea that, like, people should take responsibility for things. And a lot of the times people don't want to unless there's something in it for them or they want to get out of taking responsibility for things. But Saitama, he's stalwart. He goes and he takes responsibility for fighting these monsters because they're monsters and he's going to fight them. And then when bad things happen because he fought them, he owns up to it because he fought those things, and that's what happened. And he's not going to, like, lie about it. Yeah. He's a real stand-up guy. Yeah, it makes him a great hero, even though he's, you know, he is a parody of these shonen heroes that often have similar traits. Um, You know, he's... That's one of the great things about One Punch Man um, and... From my understanding, and you can probably back me up on this, one of the great things of Mob Psycho 100, which is by the same creator, is that, you know, it can make fun of the form while also reveling in it. And I think One Punch Man does a great job with that fusion. Yeah. Um, Mob Psycho 100, I think we talked about it a little bit, and I definitely, definitely want to end up covering it inside of the show. Um, So I'm not going to give, like, too many spoilers right now. Um, But Mob Psycho 100, um, it... One Punch Man really takes it doesn't take itself seriously. Mob Psycho 100 does does the same thing, except for um, the way that they tell the story also deals with people that have like they they don't know how to take social pressures at the same time. So it kind of like dips further into their there's like you know their psychosis. Um, I would say before we end up covering that because it'll be a while, so you have a couple of months, definitely pick up. Uh, Mob Psycho 100 and watch it all the way through. It's a pretty quick watch. It's like 12 episodes, I think. Um, it's the same as One Punch it's Man. It's really fantastic. Was that? Um, yeah, it's the same length as One Punch Man, although I don't know where to watch it. Um, I, is it on Hulu? Um, I think so. 
Um, as I said before, there are, uh, there are nice ways to get podcasts or, or animes, and there are also ways to get animes that are less um, legal. Um, you and can look, find we explicitly anywhere. encourage you to uh, get it legally. We just want you to yeah. know that there are places <laughs> that you can get it illegally, so you should avoid those places. Yeah, and I, I'm going to throw out a, a quick little plug here for something like that, because I, I appreciate what they're doing, and I I really I really like what they do, and I, I pay for a subscription with them. Uh, Crunchyroll is really fantastic. Um, they do, like, a subscription service, and they buy, um, they buy rights from, like, Funimation and different people. So they're putting out, like, really good stuff, and, you know, you can, you can buy anime from there in a streaming service. So it's kind of like uh, Hulu if you just want to watch anime, you know? Yeah. Or, like, Netflix. Um, but I think you have to watch some commercials unless you pay even more. It's a whole thing. It's kind of like the, the Hulu anyways, effect. Let's get back to well, the show. we're giving a lot um, of free advertising here on this show right now. <laughs> so Saitama is getting yelled at by the crowd, and he basically just yells back, and he's like, yeah, I did it. Uh, and if I didn't do it, this town would have been more destroyed. And if you want to be mad at me, then that's your deal. And if anybody yeah. wants to fight me over it, you can come over here and fight me right now. I just love it because he's just like, I'm taking responsibility for this. I know that I did it. I had to do it and get the fuck over it is what yeah. he's saying. Yeah, that's and it's completely just fantastic. Um, and so he's a little riled up and Genos shows up and he's like, hey, let's get you home. And <laughs> well, Saitama, he wraps him in like one of those like space towels that somebody yeah. that like has been in one a, of those a shooting from like an emergency kit or something. The silver blankets, yeah. And he like Ooh, takes him home. Blanket. So can, silver like, blankets is the name of situation. silver blankets is the name of my new emo indie band. Yeah, yeah. With the silver blankets, and we're gonna cover you with music. Yeah. Anyways. Um, the episode closes out with uh, us seeing some weird sea monsters coming out of the sea. To yeah, this be is the post-credit terrible. scene. Yeah, this they're, they're going to be more important in the next episode almost immediately. Yeah, um, and they're and specifically that, discussing that they've heard of this class C hero that did some some pretty in, impressive stuff. So they've heard rumors about Saitama, and they're on the way. Yeah, they must have heard it from the mole people. <laughs> From episode one, Spencer. Haven't we come yeah, far enough? <laughs> Anyways, let's go into episode eight, which is Deep Sea King, um, which, uh, as you remember, is a Pokemon. Um, no. Anyways, um, <laughs> so Seafolk are arriving to the scene and announce that they are now the rulers of land and they will dominate the the apes and the monkeys is what they keep on calling them. Yeah, they call themselves the Clan of the Sea Folk, and they're like trying to subjugate the hu- like the entirety of humanity. And they also mention kind of offhandedly, like maybe if I mention this without drawing a lot of attention to it, nobody will notice that they're going to eat people. So that's fun. Yeah, and um, Moomin Rider is like rolling up. Uh, Moomin Rider, by the way, is one of my favorite people in the entire show. Um, He's like almost uh, the main has- character of this episode. Hashtag Moomin Rider is the best rider. Um, That's the longest <laughs> um, hashtag. Use it. <laughs> so um, Moomin Rider rolls up and just in time to see a sea folk whose top part of his body has exploded. 
um, and you have just like you just see like a spinal column sticking up a little bit, and it's just like its leg standing there. Yeah. As we've seen before, uh, this apparently is uh, Saitama was on the way home and destroyed somebody that was in his way. Yeah, and you can see, like, people around the corpse are discussing, like, oh, this was that C-class hero, right? And, like, they kind of discuss Mm -hmm. it in this general way, where, like, they have a little bit less information and a little bit more rumors. So, like, even me knowing that it was Saitama, when they were talking about it, I was like, is it Saitama? Um, But, like, it clearly is but it's like cool because you can kind of see independent of him how people are starting to get to know him a little bit but they also have a lot of uh, misinformation yeah um we then get introduced to a different new hero um he is a class a hero um his name is stinger and he Uh has a bamboo shoot that has like i don't know it's like attached at the end of it it looks like a seashell or something yeah um he's basically um, spear guy yeah, um, and he's he's I don't know he's kind of uh, he's kind of cool. Um, he's he's fighting against these a, a bunch of these different like sea monsters, and he looks like he's getting pretty tired and pretty beaten up. Um, and uh, when he announces that like uh, these you know these people have left around him, he's like, "That's good because now I can fight without having to worry about those people." And he yeah. like lets open and he throws out this strike that's like quadruple uh i don't know quadruple strike or something it has a, like all a the different five ones. or six word name you know yeah i think we've talked about this before but a, a huge trip in japanese anime is characters naming their attacks and calling out the name before or as they launch the attack and this is definitely on display here he yells it out this like very long name it's like a it's like a title and a subtitle it's so long yeah, um, it's also hilarious and cool. So I I take it. I mean, then, I like anime. I'm I would actually consider doing like a a weekly show about anime. Is how much I like it. <laughs> Anyways, but I don't there know. is a there is a P, a person of the Sea Folk Clan that hasn't been introduced yet, um, and he is the Sea King. Um, he uh, he has come out. Uh, now with uh, strange, weird heart things over his nipples and a thong on, yeah. basically, um, yeah. and a stupid he's... cape and a stupid like. <laughs> I hate him so much. <laughs> he's cool though. Like he's a good villain. He's really creepy. Yeah. He his character design plays a little bit on that whole like gay men are evil trope that you see sometimes in Japanese animation, uh, but it's not too much and it he's not he himself is not played like a gay character so i just thought it was interesting and there's another gay character in this episode that's pretty fucking funny so it's all right yeah so um so stinger um has taken he is he's taken out these other guys it was hard on him but he was able to do it deep sea king literally just smashes him with like one hit and he just crumples onto the ground um and that raises the threat level from Tiger to Demon, and Moomin Rider we we see is uh, is pumping his little his little pedals as hard as he can to it's get to the scene of the crime. Oh, uh, he, he's pedaling his heart out. Oh, Moomin Rider, 
And Moomin Rider, what's surprised. cool too is that he, so the the city is being evacuated because of this deep sea king attack. It's warranted a threat level, so people are getting out. And Moomin Rider is basically pedaling against the traffic on a, you know, a bumper to bumper interstate or something as people are fleeing. And he pedals past this pickup truck with like all these heroes in it that are escaping. And they're C-class heroes, and so is Moomin Rider. And they're like, hey, this thing is, like, way too dangerous. We're escaping, and, like, you, as another C-class hero, you should escape, too, because there's nothing you can do. And that's when... that's not Moomin Rider. That's not who he is. They say that, and then the announcement comes on that the threat level has gone up, and then Moomin Rider rides off still in the direction of the city. He's, like, he's going for it, and you got to respect that. Yeah, have mad props see, to Moomin Rider. <laughs> we see another hero that we've seen before. Um, we haven't seen his power yet. You're going to see it. It's pretty cool. Um, but he, um, his name is Lightning Max. Um, and he, uh, he we've does seen like him a, before. Yeah, he's in like the first episode. I think he's just uh, we see him on the ground after getting destroyed by. Um, by is he like, the guy that gets taken out with Spot Smile Man? I think so. I think it's Ugh. Lightning Max and Smile Man. R.I.P. Um, Smile Man. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> I need so, to pour uh, one out of he, this episode. Missing all my friends. <laughs> <laughs> he um, he sees uh, he sees the the Sea King, and he like, okay, um, I should be able to if I hit him with all I can, we should be able to do something. And so, um, he kicks the Sea King in the chest, and no, 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 his, like he's like, oh, I can take this guy out, and then the Sea King is just behind him. <laughs> Oh yeah, I forgot. And then he kicks him, and his like his his shoes are like with gunpowder inside yeah. of them, so they like explode on contact. It's pretty cool, actually. Like he's kind of a lame superhero if you stop to think about it, but it looks badass, so you don't stop to think about it. Yeah, and so he tries to like get away from Seeking as he's going away because he's like, my kick did no damage to him. And then Seeking arrives like uh, like right in front of him again, so he uses another super strong attack of his, which is like where he kicks forward, it explodes, it spins his foot really fast, and then it hits the Seeking in the side of the face and explodes again. And then the Seeking just like grabs him and throws him through the window and just onto the street, and he's, he's- passed out. He's about to hit the street when he is rescued by a man in a prison uniform. And this man is is Puri 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 Prisoner. Oh, he's Puri Puri. Puri Puri, I should have looked this up before we recorded, because I'm pretty sure that is like a specific phrase in Japanese. But Puri Puri Prisoner's on the scene, y'all. Yeah. He is wearing a sweater vest that he knit himself. No, uh, no, no. His boyfriend made for him. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, so his boyfriend knit him this sweater, and it's got a big heart on it, and he he really loves it. Um, And he is accompanied by a character we've seen before, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, the fastest hedgehog on the planet. Um, Yeah. uh, So he, um, the two together are um, escapees from prison, um, and Puri Puri, uh, prisoner is like, like, um, you are taking out these men that I love from afar and I had to break out of prison to stop you. Yeah. Puri Puri prisoner's whole deal is that he gets a crush on all the cute guys and then he wants to, um, 
like protect them and he gets mad when people hurt them. And that's yeah. Okay, I'm Imagine... also <laughs> I'm looking up <laughs> Puri Puri right Imagine... now. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a couple of definitions and we get cranky or strong smell or oh, no. to fret or worry, which makes sense. Cause he gets worried over the guys or yeah. the one that might be the best is soft and juicy. <laughs> <laughs> and then it also can be used as a sound effect, which expresses anger or freshness so oh my god any of I these don't know how to feel about this oh my gosh um but the thing is about Prairie Prairie princess it, uh, pr- prisoner Prairie i say Prairie princess prisoner. almost every time although because i want to say like pretty pretty princess <laughs> yeah um we so talked about his, the, have we talked about his like face no he's like he has this like exaggerated chiseled face like, he also has huge lips. He yeah. also has a dumb haircut. He also has like five o'clock shadow. <laughs> He's great. Uh, like again, there's a there's Japan is a pretty like socially and sexually conservative nation, and they don't often represent gay characters super well. And Puri Puri Prisoner is definitely not the best gay character, but he is really fucking funny and i am down for it so here's the thing about purry purry prisoner he is um either being ridiculous and like super over the top like um i don't know kind of like flamboyant or he is super intense and angry crazy so he Why first thing both? he does is he's he's like <laughs> he's like I need to take out uh, the deep seeking because he's going to keep on taking out these people unless I protect them. And he doesn't want Sonic to get attacked either because he's like kind of fawning over Sonic too. Um, So, so he uh, flexes when he like turns on his strength and his like sweater that his boyfriend made him just explodes into a bunch of ribbons. (laughs) And he's like, no, And he immediately is like, you made me do this. You made me power up so much that I destroyed this sweater. (laughs) So he's like extra going to kill the deep sea king now. So he like, he, (laughs) it turns out that he is a parody of magical girl anime, which uh, for our American listeners, if, if you don't know what magical girl anime, the, the most well-known magical girl anime is sailor moon um and the the tropes are cute girls that have magic powers that allow them to fight evil there's usually some sort of romantic plot going on along with action um and the thing that stands out to me about it especially because i'm watching a uh, deconstruction of magical girl anime right now called um uh, Madoki Puella Magica or something like that. It's on Netflix. It's really good. Um, it's the transformation sequence where they kind of go all rainbowy, but also kind of naked. And it's like really close to like porn fan service. And yeah. it's always been a little uncomfortable, but they're also like 
powering up, so it's like their transformation sequence, but it's like sexualized and it's weird. Um, he does that, yeah. and it's fucking hilarious because he does it, and he's this big, muscly guy, and you usually see it on like you know little girls, and then he is done transforming, and he's just naked. <laughs> Um, so his, his transformation is to rip off all of his clothes and then Which, he jumps up I into the say, air to do, I can do that one too. <laughs> he, so. he jumps up into the air and like does this angel rush where these like crazy angel wings pop out of nowhere. And then it, when he attacks though, they're just gone. So I, I tend to think that he carries around his own pyrotechnics, but anyways, um, that would make so sense I, as a gay man. Jump- I do that too. That's just like a, you know, that's part of the community. Yeah, like pyrotechnics on the right pocket, left pocket uh-huh. is just a handful of glitter. Yeah, it's just glitter. Um, and then if you need yeah. them both at the same time, you've got a Kesha concert. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so um, he he uses this technique and then uses this like barrage of punches that he throws on the deep sea king. However, deep sea king. Uh, responds back and says, like, if you're going to throw a combination technique, you need to attack with each one of these as if you're going to kill the the person that you're attacking. Let me show you how it's done. And he hits he hits him so fast, basically all you see is just, like, a bunch of dents in, like appear in, like, uh, Perry Perry Prisoners. He like, hits body. him so fast and that he breaks just, the animation. It's awesome. Yeah, and then he throws him into the side of this building, and the, so, the side of the building just explodes. And uh, you see Sonic is just like, uh, well, you still can't do anything against me, because uh, let me explain to you why. I'm so fast, you can't even catch me. Yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog. And Sonic has a totally awesome moment. He's not doing this as a hero. You'll probably remember if you've listened to the podcast or watched the show before that he's pretty much a villain. Um, He's not like a cartoon villain or anything like that, but he's just kind of a selfish dude. He's not interested in being a hero. And a lot of the times his selfish ambition gets him contrasting against heroes. Um, but he's super crazy fast, and he starts putting up a fight against the Deep Sea King and totally starts landing good punches, and the Deep Sea King cannot hit him, and Sonic is basically just playing with him. Like, he's just blitzing around. There's a really cool sequence where you just see, like, this blur as he sort of dodges from side to side, and the Deep Sea King launches unsuccessful attacks at him. But... Oh, there's also this sick moment. (laughs) Sorry, before the problem happens, there's this really cool moment where the Deep Sea King almost gets him because he sticks out his tongue, and his tongue is like... It's kind of like the alien tongue from from Alien, where it's got like its own little mouth, uh, but it goes out like super far, and he's about to hit Sonic with it, and he's like, once my... He calls it something... And he's like, once this attaches, it never lets go. Now you're in trouble. And right as he gets done saying it, Sonic has just appeared underneath his mouth and just pushes his jaw closed, causing him to cut his tongue off with his mouth. It's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. But here's the problem. Um, 
uh, Sonic has been fighting the Deep Sea King and being able to run faster and move faster than him, not because he is actually faster than the Deep Sea King at full power, because we're about to see a transformation when it starts raining, and the Deep Sea King was like, while I was outside of the water, I I, I dry out, and when I dry out, I'm not as powerful as when I'm hydrated. And he is now huge, his face is transformed, and he is like horrifyingly fast and strong and so he like is attacking and he grabs at um he grabs at sonic um but he can he only gets sonic's clothes because sonic is able to get out fast enough yeah and sonic is like all of a sudden naked and he's just like i can't deal with this i have to go get some weapons and he just disappears yeah but he does make his proclamation that he has made to saitama before which is the next time i see you i'm gonna kill you so he's really he's yeah. on theme. Meanwhile, on Moomin Rider, um, this is the best. <laughs> this is one of my favorite jokes of the whole show. We cut to Moomin Rider as he pulls to a stop at a red light in an abandoned, evacuated city, and goes, "Ugh, a red light at a time like this." <laughs> but guess who's there? It's it's Saitama, and Saitama's just like. Hey, did did you see did you see where Genos went? And Moomin Rider's like, what? <laughs> and he's like, um, it's raining. Can I ride with you? <laughs> and so he like gets on the back of the bike with Moomin Rider and rides off with him. It's so great. And yeah. meanwhile, uh, Genos runs into Sonic, who's like, hey, there's some bad stuff going on that way. And so Genos is in pursuit of Deep Sea King as well. So all three of these heroes are converging on him. And as they're converging, Saitama and Moomin Rider are riding along. And you see this just like momentary blur. And Saitama just kind of turns his head and he's like, did you see a naked guy just run past here? And Moomin Rider, who is not particularly skilled, does not know what he's talking about. And Saitama's like, you know what, I'm going to go find that dude, because maybe he was taking a shower when the evacuation order went out, and he's running late. So I'm going to go help him. And Moomin yeah. Rider decides to go on toward Deep Sea King. Yeah. Deep Sea King is now um, going to attack the evacuation center, and some some heroes are standing up for this. Um uh, this is where we okay. So uh, lay my cards on the table. I watched this episode again today, and I could not stop myself. So I watched the next episode after it. So I'm gonna <laughs> let Blake wrap up the end of this because I don't want to give anything away. Okay, that's fair because I have not watched the next episode, even though I really want to know what happens. So um, the Deep Sea King's at this evacuation center. He bursts in. Um, and a couple of heroes stand up to face off against him, um, but they clearly are not going to stand a chance. So he kind of knocks them away. And right then, um, you see Janos standing in the hole that the Deep Sea King made as he burst into the um, evacuation center, staring down at him and sort of calling out a challenge. Um, Moomin Rider has heard on his cell phone that things are getting bad, that this evacuation center has been attacked. He is so shocked that he drops his cell phone and rushes off, so he's on the way. And then Saitama gets a... uh, He sees the cell phone laying there and picks it up, and people from the Heroes Association have called Moomin Rider to tell him to get out of there because he cannot handle the Deep Sea King. 
and Saitama is like, hey, it's me, I'm Saitama. And they're like, I don't know who you are, but you need to get out of there because this is a big deal. This guy's very dangerous. We're our heroes are like falling. We need to figure out a plan. And then they they end on a shot of Saitama looking super serious and badass and ready to go be a hero. And that's the end of the episode, and it's a big cliffhanger, and I don't know what happens. Yeah. Also, it's, there's no pretty... post credit scene on this one, so if you're looking for one, you know, it's not there. You don't need to find it. Yeah. This episode this this these episodes are really fantastic. Um you should definitely check them out. Um these are both but in the excellent. meantime, uh if you didn't get your quota for after uh credit scenes with this one of One Punch Man, you should we listen to one. our after credit scene. It's coming uh-huh. up here in a little bit. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing work done by Rashad English of Plain English Productions. He's our level four sound wizard. Our podcast is ad-free and we want to keep it that way. If you want to help us keep releasing episodes without the use of ads, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patrons get exclusive member content as well as unlocking group perks. Follow us on Twitter at BNS Get Jumped. And like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. New episodes come out every Sunday on your favorite podcast platform. And if you like the show, please like, subscribe, and review. Reviews help us chart on iTunes. Next week on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. We're back with Hunter x Hunter, and there are horrible, flying, terrible, man-eating baby monsters. What? I know.